Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We're going to talk to our good friend from DK Pittsburgh Sports, Chris Carter. How you doing tonight, Chris? Doing great, Paul. How are you? Uh, I, I can't complain. I am, uh, I'm okay. Uh, I think like you, I'm still a little bit in shock that somehow, some way, the Steelers lost to the Browns. And not just that they lost, but how they lost. I mean, Chris, that was an unbelievably surprising performance, I thought, for the Steelers. Yeah, you got to think that when you come into a game and you took a week off to rest, um, and especially the players that you had rest, and then the two of the highest-paid players you got on offense just bury you in a hole that's just six feet deep. It was that. It was just a, a nightmare for the Steelers and for Steelers fans. I mean, that, that was one of the things that you could say every year. That if there was one team that you could talk trash to, you could talk trash to the Cleveland Browns. And uh, this was like the first offseason in my entire life that I think that the Steelers fans couldn't walk into the summer and be like, yeah, you know what? So what if you didn't win the Super Bowl this year? You still beat Cleveland. No, they beat you twice. And uh, and you can say all you want about the, the second about the first one that they beat you in with backups. Uh, the, that second one was truly embarrassing. Uh, but it, it's interesting to me, Paul, how there's so many other conversations about things that don't really pertain to what happened on the field being the, the focal point of conversations when really – the answer to why they lost this game was right in front of your face, and four of them happened within the first 20 minutes of gameplay. Well, you know, I think the one thing that was pretty clear, too, uh, was the, 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 the Marquise Pouncey bad snap touchdown. You know, you're 7 nothing, and then, and then you throw an interception and really short field, and now you're 14 nothing. Um, that That, to me, really just – changed completely the dynamics of the game but at that point you know uh you, you've got the Steelers maybe panicking a little bit and the Browns you know gaining confidence over that stuff absolutely Paul and that, that, that's it that's the bottom line I mean again when you have four turnovers in the first 20 minutes of a football game you're asking for a score to be run up on you and uh, and especially in a game where you're saying hey the offense you're the advantage here they're missing their top two starting cornerbacks you know, the, you you have Ben Roethlisberger, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Junior Smith. You got all these weapons. Attack vertically. And, and that's what we talked about last week, Paul. If they get come into this game and they put up a lead on the Browns, it put, it would put pressure on Baker Mayfield, not just to throw the ball, but to have to wait for, for routes to develop down the field and throw the ball, ball vertically, which is not his strong suit unless he's playing off a of play action. But, but one thing you couldn't let happen was letting the Browns get an early lead. And not that they just get an early lead, but they were out 28 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Um, that's, that's right there. You kill, you kill yourself when you do that. You put yourself in something that's almost insurmountable. And what's crazy is the Steelers still almost fought their way back, but it, it's the same recipe that led to the, the, Jag, the Jaguars loss in the 2017-2018 playoffs. You know, you come out flat on offense. The other team has a strong running game. They, they find some answers early on. They get you to turn the ball over. They score defensively, and you know, and then they keep hurting you that way. Like that's just, I, I 
people, I keep seeing people trying to say, oh, it was, it was this pie in the sky thing here. And, you know, oh, if, if they had you know, done this, called this play over there. No, just don't turn the ball over five times to a team that lives off of turnovers and being able to play in front. That's just, that, that's the bottom line. And, and um, you know, people are, a lot of things have to happen with this team because of free agency, Paul. But, you know, the, the thing is, is that moving forward, there has to be an emphasis on that kind of ball protection because if you're going to go into these games, you, you can't have it. And that's the, that's what, the second game in a row, the second playoff game that the Steelers have had uh, that they've played where turnovers have been a huge problem and doomed them. Well, and I think that's the thing. Um, you, you, you know, you're down 28 nothing, and then at that point, your um, pretty much your uh, whole game plan goes out the window um, because mm-hmm. you know you're 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 really just chasing at that point. I thought one of the one of the interesting this uh, you know and we people can break down decisions and this and that and everything, but I thought down twenty eight nothing, you got to the thirty eight yard line and, it, and I know it was fourth and eight. I thought at that point right there, you have to go for it because you're, you're, you're most likely going to punt the ball into the end zone, which they did. You're only going to gain 18 yards there. You're down 28 nothing. You're on, you know, I, I didn't, I, that was really the one decision that I, I just did not understand. Yeah, I felt like, I felt like when they, when they didn't go for it, I was, it was a thinking like, hey, the offense isn't figuring any, anything out. Let's not give them another short field here. Um, and maybe they can make it work. I, it wouldn't have been the call that I went for, Paul, but I, but here's my problem when people go into the, oh, the coach made such a dumb decision to punt slash go for it there, is that each of those, you got to weigh this business back and forth and, 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 and look at the merits to them. And forget the, the percentages. People always look like, oh, there's this percentage here. No, that's, that's not what we're looking at. You're looking at, okay, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses in that moment? And then you, get, I mean, you have to at least acknowledge the merits and – you know, the risks that come with each of them. In that situation, the Steelers' defense was continuously being put on short field situations and couldn't stop the Browns in, in, in doing so. So if the Steelers come out, they fail, and the Browns get the ball at the 40, they could get back back to it. I, I get that kind of thing, but, I, but I'm more with you. I think that, hey, you know, offense, if, if you're going to win this game, you got to at least do it. And you got to do, do it one time. And, and again, I just, I couldn't, I don't understand why Ben Roethlisberger is coming out in this game and he's not, chucking the ball down the field. Why he's not just dropping back like, hey, you know, we know these guys can't cover deep. And, and as we saw throughout the late, later part of the game, and, and it's what I told you, you know, last Friday when I was on your show, you know, the, the question has never been about Ben physically. His arm is fine. His elbow is fine. His knees are fine. It's his head that gets in the way. And that's what happened in this game. I think he, he just thought too much of things. And by the time he got his, his head together, they were down 28 points. And you, you saw that they could score in bunches. But it, you can't afford to be that inconsistent and inefficient and, you know, throw four interceptions along with Pouncey making a huge mistake. But the, that's that's where I point to the game is the problem here. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's now, you know, and, uh, and now there's, uh, you know, lots of different questions, Chris, going into the offseason. Mike Tomlin met with the media today. I don't know that he really cleared up a whole lot. Um, but just because it's only a couple of days into the, the off season for them, so they probably haven't made a lot of decisions. But what is your uh, what is your thought on this team next year? Do they do you think they should keep the band or try and keep the band all together and take one more run at it with Pouncey and DeCastro and Villanueva and Ben and all that, or 
do you think that maybe it's time to just sort of uh, retool a little bit and, and, and try and put together a, a new group that maybe a year or two down the road can take a run at it? Well, they've got to retool somehow, Paul. You can't go out with this crew again and, and just think it's going to be just all, all you know, daisies and, and tulips and roses. It's, it's not gonna, it's, that's not going to work. But I do think that the change, you can keep Ben Roethlisberger around. Now, granted, you've got to talk to him about his contract situation. But these are, this is why, you know, Tomlin's not going to say anything right away. First of all, the Steelers facility closed. Like, like you know, they, they did have a COVID situation. That's going to put slow down the process. You know, people wanting answers immediately because they're fans and they, they, they want their, their pound of flesh. It's like, you got to slow down. This is going to be a long off season. They got a lot of time to figure some things out. But what's got to happen first is the back to, is the closed door conversation where, you know, Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, you know, Mark Rooney, who, whoever's in that conversation, needs to sit down with Ben Roethlisberger and say, hey, man, we want you to be here, but these are the things that have to happen. For one, I, I think the Steelers got to reemphasize investing in the offensive line and investing in the run game. And they got to talk to Ben about saying, hey, you know what, man, we tried, to, we gave you the keys for several years. We get, let you pick your coordinator. We invested in as many receiving targets that you could have in more. I mean, you had, you know, Eric Ebron is an athletic tight end. You had four receivers drafted in the early rounds, back to back to back to back years. And it's, and, and it looked great at one point in the season, but, it, but at some point you start to, he starts to revert back to his, um, his, you know, his deficiency in, in seeing the field and picking at defense's weaknesses. And, you know, you can't live with that. You know, and live, live and die with that. Now that's what they try to do. So it's like, hey, Ben, we want you to be here, but these are the things we need from you. Hey, you're going to step back from that. We're going to get a new coordinator. The investments are going to be, you know, to you know, beef up the defense where we see fit and beef up the offensive line and maybe get a running back. Um, and also, you got to talk to him about his contract. Now, you know, every I, I know some people are like, well, he doesn't. He's not making forty-one point two million dollars. But yeah, we know that. But it's the cap number that everyone's concerned about. And you got to look at the nineteen million dollars and cap savings that you get and say, hey, Ben, you know, maybe we sign you to an extension in name only type of contract where technically you get two years added to your current contract and, and we spread out some of that money over those next two seasons because, you know, again, Paul, when you look at the Steelers salary cap after this next season in 2022, it skyrockets. They're, currently they have the most in the league. So you might say, oh, Ben, hey, if you want to be around next year, we need to, and you want to have a chance to win. We need to make some new investments, and that's going to involve, you know, pushing some of your money down the line. And maybe that's a compromise that Ben can come to because it's like, hey, I'm not losing money. I'm just getting it a little bit later, and maybe even a little bit more because the Steelers will say, for doing this, we'll tack on X amount of million dollars on those years. And then if he wants to come back, then if he wants to continue after next season, you revisit that. But if he doesn't, you make that money fully guaranteed. It's his, and he knows he's getting paid, and he didn't lose anything um, for signing the extension and giving the Steelers more breathing room for 2021. Well, and that's the thing. Um, you know, I think the number one you know question is Ben, obviously, because of his cap significance, but I think the number one need they have is left tackle. I don't know. What about you? Yep. I mean, it's, it's left tackle and center for me, either one. Honestly, Paul, I mean, again, if they're able to move some money around with Ben, um, and I just I don't think that Pouncey is coming back. I mean, he's a, he's more than fourteen million dollars of a cap hit next year. You can't have that with the way that he's playing. He was never a, a the star center, even though he got voted to the Pro Bowl. He was never the star center this season that we've known him to be. And that's not to say that he hasn't been a great center for 
the most of part of the biggest part of a decade uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh, you got to acknowledge where he's at now. If I'm the Steelers, I, I, I go into this offseason with the plan of either signing and drafting a center and an offensive tackle as a huge priority. I really like Alex Leatherwood of Alabama. You know, I, right now, a lot of people project him to fall into the lower part of the first round. But, you know, after the combine, who knows, stuff flips up all the time. And, you know, he could end up going in the top 10, you know, if people, if someone gets really happy with him. But, uh, you know, I, there's definitely guys out there that you can bring in there. And that's the thing. You, you know, people are probably going to look around and say, well, you can't get another Marquis Townsend. Well, you don't need to. Remember, if you get, there's plenty of teams that get centers that are decent veterans. And if they're, if, they're a, if, he, if they're a good player at the center position that just gets some push in the line, that's what you need. And I mean, you, you like Kevin Dotson. I think you give David DeCastro another chance because he did come into this season really injured and it took him weeks to even get to be able to play. Um, and then you see what happens with a core four, maybe bring back Banner to challenge him, um, and, but definitely invest in left tackle. And then, and then maybe you got a new offensive line there with Dotson, maybe Leatherwood, and maybe maybe a rejuvenated Castro as your anchor player, and maybe that new center is able to play well, and maybe you get something at right tackle. I, you know, I think that there's a there's a good chance at, at something like that. But but you're right, you got to make investments there. That has to change. Uh, you know, Villanueva, um, he he's he's had a heck of a career, and switched to being a left tackle and making the plays that he did for a long time. But you know, I, he he can't come back in. He's unrestricted free agents. That's not even an issue. But the Steelers got to figure out what they're doing with Pouncey, whether it's a he is retiring deal or if he's you know if they have to straight up cut him because he wants to play again. But I I, I get this, this feeling that he would retire before he would go play with another team. Yeah, I mean I think I'm just looking at their roster and you know I think they've got to maybe try and bolster uh, you know maybe find one more linebacker. Um, and maybe another running yeah. back. I mean, they've got a lot of different needs, don't they? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the running back position. Um, you you do want to get at least a proficient guy there. They've kind of the past two years they've worked with, or you know, I guess three years now. Wow, but they, they've worked with you know having James Conner and guys that you draft in the middle rounds to say, hey, you know what, we'll just work with the running game and work and, and just have the passing game be the feature of the offense. That has to flip around, especially with Ben Roethlisberger getting older. And you see what happens when you ask him to throw the ball too much. Um, you got to you got to get get a running back. But, but I, I also agree with the assessment. They need a linebacker. When Devin Bush is out, uh, you see the problem. And I said this earlier in the season, and I wasn't so sure, you know, how long it, it could be kept up. But you know, they were doing a really good job schematically for months, finding answers in the middle of the field without Devin Bush. Because when Bush was in there. Uh, Paul, in his first, he, he played 21 games between this season and his rookie season. And in those 21 games, the Steelers only allowed rushing yard uh, over 100 rushing yards nine times. In the 11 games that they that they played this season without Devin Bush, they allowed um, 100 yards rushing eight times. So I mean, they almost matched 11 games. What? Uh, you know the amount of rushing yard, the amount of times that they had uh, 100, over 100 yards rushing allowed in the time in the time that they had Devin Bush for a year and a half. That shows his his versatility because he also helps against the pass. And when you took him out, it was right back to 2018 all over again when they needed John Bostic, you know, and you know, to come in in the middle of the field and guard over there because they had no inside linebackers. And 
you know, Ulysses Gilbert was thought to maybe be the backup answer there, but then he got hurt too. Um, so now you're down to Robert Spillane and Vince Williams, and you go and get Avery Williamson as a stopgap guy. But, yeah, I, I do agree. Investing in linebacker would be, I think, maybe maybe a reserve cornerback because, you know, they, they might bring back Cam Sutton. But, you know, again, the cap situation, you're, you're a little, you know, strung out there, so you got to figure out who you're bringing in. But I, I agree. Linebacker would be a really good thing. Um, if they could get another, not a Devin Bush, but, you know, a, a second to third round guy who could be athletic, run the field, be physical against the run, have good linebacker instincts, and you pair him with Devin Bush, that would really put this defense in a situation where, one, if one gets hurt, you have protection for the other. But, two, you could then get a little bit more aggressive with your secondary because then you could come out with a four-man front, two linebackers behind them, and then maybe you feel more comfortable with that slot cornerback because in this game, Paul, whenever they brought a package that – had one linebacker and then a safety trying to pretend to be a linebacker, they're getting bullied by the Browns, even their backup linemen. But that's, that's what happens when you go small and the team has a running back like Nick Chubb. Well, Chris, uh, I appreciate you taking time. I mean, uh, now what, now that the season's over and everything, will you will you be helping uh, Dejan and company with the hockey coverage? Will you become a, a Pirates writer or will you just keep <laughs> grinding away with, uh, you know, football offseason stuff? Oh no, Paul! I, remember, I, I write for Pitt now too. So I mean, I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for Pitt to play another basketball game. Um, but now, I've been doing Pitt football and Pitt basketball all this year, so I'm excited to see where this team's going. I'm, I'm blessed to be covering a team, you know, in the position that it is with that Jeff Capel's got the Panthers because, um, you know, it's it's exciting. It's always more exciting to see a team on the rise and figuring things out, and uh, to, to kind of you know, this is the third year of his program, and you're starting to really see them put some things together. And uh, I got to say, you know, watching some of these wins against Syracuse, Northwestern, and Miami, I've been really impressed by how this young team is figuring out how to play basketball. So if you want to keep following me, I'm on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Uh, read myself at DKPittsburghSports.com. I'll be covering hoops and all that. And I will be doing draft coverage as we get closer to, you know, April and May there as well. Chris, thank you so much. Great stuff, buddy. Uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports, uh, we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. All right, that's Chris Carter on Paul's ISIS 93.7 The Fan.